up your wine. It's time for Rosé All Day and Julie's a Mess, where we talk about current events and living in an intersex life. And now, here's Julie. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Rosé All Day, Julie's a Mess. I am thrilled to be back. I am sorry I missed the last two weeks. I have had a lot going on. I mean, a lot going on. And uh, and that's why I'm glad that I'm drinking this week, too, because I haven't been able to drink the last two weeks. Um, we will get to our guest in just a brief minute or two. Uh, just a couple of things. Uh, I want to remind everybody, I do have a Patreon account. So if you'd like to support this podcast and support my endeavors in advocacy for the intersex and XXY community, you can certainly join Patreon, but you can also feel free to send money to Cash App Venmo or uh, any of the other ways that we have for you to donate and support the show. I will put that link up in a second for you guys. Love seeing all the people joining. As always, we've picked up a couple of hundred viewers in the last couple of weeks, which has been really excited for this podcast and show. And remember, you can always hear the audio portion of each week's podcast on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify as a podcast if you don't want to watch the show like you're doing now on our YouTube channel. And let's see what is going on. I am doing a recircle, and on August 3rd, we are talking with my lawyer, Dr. Irene Pons, and we are giving you an update on my Alabama case. And the exciting thing about that today is we released a press release at justjulie.com, and by about 9 o'clock this morning, 88 news outlets around the globe had picked up the story. So we're looking forward to updating everybody on what's going on with Alabama. And that will be August 3rd. That will kind of replace our rosé all day uh, on August 3rd, but not fully. Like, But Irene will be joining us. We will be talking about everything that's going on with that. And just really exciting about, really excited about all the people that are really interested in my story and just the story and plight of so many XXY and intersex individuals. Okay, let's get to the show. I think it's my 18th show, but because I lost two weeks and uh, uh, I don't remember. So it could be the 18th. Uh, it could be the 18th. It, it may be the night. Who knows? It could be the 19th. And this is part of our Disney series. So uh, first, let's talk about my wine. Then we're going to get into the Disney series. This week and next week, I have two of my favorite people from my time at Disney joining us. So we'll get to her in a, just a second. My wine tonight is by Luca and Sons Cellars. Ooh, that's what the label looks like. It's really pretty, Luca and Sons. This was a gift for my birthday from uh, JustJulie.com and Blair Fanning. And it came in a package called Sip, Sip, Hooray which is a great wine, great way, like I'm already drunk and I haven't even drank yet, <laughs> a great way to send wine to people. So you look up hip, hip, hooray, sip, sip, hooray, and they will send you the wine. They send you a glass. I got chocolate, which is a great pairing for this particular wine. So let's try it, right? So this is the Rosé by Luca and Sons. It's 
really good. It's really warm. So as it passes over your tongue and kind of matriculates down your throat, it's a very warm vibe. Um, it's not tart. It's not sour. It's just a nice kind of rosé, but it does have a little bit of that heat factor in it, which is good. It's different. Okay, we're going to continue drinking this throughout the show. Everybody meets the crazy, beautiful, and lovable Jenny Mashad. Jenny, you've known me for a long time. First sure. off, what are you drinking? Anything? Anything? Um, water? Water. That's why your skin looks so good. <laughs> I have to plaster mine with makeup. Not as exciting as your wine. Funny and gorgeous because she drinks water. <laughs> That's just during the week. We we don't have to talk about what I'm drinking on the weekend. So. Well, we could. <laughs> I'm. Uh, you know what? I'm. I'm a whiskey girl. <gasps> I love. I just tried peanut butter whiskey recently. Someone else was just telling me about that over the weekend. I love I it. Think it's something I need to find. You need to try. It was, it. I think it was a company called Screwball. Screwball peanut butter whiskey. Yes, yes. And if you really want to be a little adventurous, ask them to drop a drop or two of Chambord in it. Oh, yeah. And then it tastes just like a good old peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, wow. Is that how you were having yours? I mean, I tried it that way. It was really good. But the first time I tried it just straight up. Straight up. And it was... It was good. I'm I'm a big fan of flavored drinks. Like, I'm not a big vodka girl. You know, a lot of people are very vodka. I'm not a big yeah. vodka girl. I've always been wine. But uh, I got into, last year, um, Crown Royal Salted Caramel. Oh, that's nice. And I've been pouring it over ice when I need a drink. I've been pouring it over ice and then adding a flavored coffee creamer, non-dairy of my choice and making like my own white Russians. Oh, that sounds fun. A great for you. Yeah. I love anything Crown Royal. I love anything alcoholic. You need, I need it these days. We need it these days. I need it. So Jenny, you've known me for a long time. Yeah. True story. Tell everybody that's listening and watching, how do you know me and, uh, or how, or how long have you known me and how did we meet? I would say we have known each other. Let's see. My youngest is about to turn 20 and I think we knew each other before. Yeah. Before I had her. So... 24-ish, 25 years. Yeah. 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 And we met, we met at the happiest place on earth at the Magic Kingdom. We did. And we have to tell you, we have to tell everybody that doesn't know, uh, Disney's had a big year too, reopening after COVID, but Disney yeah. World is celebrating 50. their 50th yeah. in October. And you and I were both in the 25th anniversary parade. <laughs> yeah. So you're right. We've known each other for about 24, 25 years. And yeah. then I sit here and go, 25 years ago. That's and it crazy. literally. That isn't a, that's like a lifetime. It is. And it literally feels like there are times when I wake up and I'm like, look, got to go to work. Oh, wait, I don't work there anymore. Yeah. Like it literally feels like yesterday. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree with that. Um, I definitely miss those times in my life. Uh, I remember there were times where we would go in and we were all just so tired and cranky and bored, you know, just you thought like, oh, I can't wait to like not work here anymore or anything. But oh, I what I would give to go back. My sister had actually said, you know, we're talking about Disney and we're going to be talking about uh, your roles and kind of what we did. Um, my sister also did face characters and she had made the comment once she was like, that was the easiest job. And we all took it for granted. And we she did. was like, because at the time it didn't feel so easy. <laughs> huh? At the time it didn't feel so easy. No, but, no. But then like you, we, we all joke about the, the, what we were doing. And um, I, I don't know. It's just, I also think we were fortunate to work there the time frame that we did. We were at a, there at a very good time. What a great group of people. Not to say the people that are there now. They just weren't like right. But it's a different it's probably very different for them. It is them. very different. Yeah. Um I went back a couple of years ago and uh well I've been a couple of times, but when I lived in Florida, you know, we all had passes and stuff. And so um I went and saw a friend that worked at uh the Beauty and the Beast restaurant. Sean Lewis, he's been on my show before, but he was literally walking me around and introducing me as Oh my gosh, this is Julie. She worked here during the golden age at, and, and sh they got away with murder and the things yeah, they did. Yeah, like, and yeah. I and you think about it and you're like the golden age. And then you go, Oh yeah. Compared to how they have it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we they had, people we look at us. Like we're, we had the best shows, costumes, the things we did. Um, I don't know. I, I agree. You're I agree. <laughs> who were you for the people um, at home? Who were you um, friends with? Um, who was your VIP buddy? My VIP buddy was Ariel, the little mermaid. Okay. Yeah. And you also danced. She didn't have with... glasses back then. So. Wow. She did. She had them in the grotto. <laughs> Don't you remember Sebastian looked through them? Exactly. Um. And then uh, VIP wise, like Mickey, Minnie, Donald, uh, Chip and Dale, Chip and Dale, sometimes a white rabbit, <laughs> didn't we all? Which uh, exactly? I was um, uh, probably too petite for that, but I did it anyway. <laughs> and uh, um, the little uh, the little puppet boy Pinocchio. Yes, how can you that outfit? Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Oh. How tall are you? Um, I like to say I'm 5'2", but I'm actually probably more like 5'1". That's a good height. It is. You know, my dream height was I wanted to be 5'8". I don't, you know, because I wanted to be a Rockette. That was going to be my job. Um, uh, here we are. I'm 5'2". <laughs> so, I mean, you know. So the I'm, next best thing I can do is... Do it at Disney World, so. Yeah, in our next life, I'll come back as a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader and you can come back as a Rockette. Oh, that would be amazing. What? I'm meeting so many friends though, right? Huh? We'll still be friends, right? Absolutely. And sure I may or may not marry a Dallas Cowboy football player. At a girl. That's the whole reason. No, <laughs> So, um, okay. So we're going to move into current events. 
Okay. And uh, for everybody that's I'm following the show and watching, uh, we usually talk. I mean, in the past, we've talked a lot about the royal family and all their antics. That's always fun. I do want to take the time real fast to say hi to some of the people that have joined us in chat. So I wanted to say hi to Sharon. Hi, Sharon, C-Baby, and Blair. Thank you. And Charlie. So um, a lot of regulars are joining, too, and I love that. But I just always like to give them a shout out as well. So current events. I don't know if you caught it this morning, uh, but literally the Jeff Bezos Blue Origin um, space flight took, you know, happened this morning from Vandenberg, Texas. And um, Jeff and his brother went up and, you know, Jeff is the founder and creator of Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then Wally went up. I can't think of her last name right now, but she was one of the original women that had trained for the Apollo Never got to see space flight. Yeah. She got to go up. And then I think I said this morning to the friend I was watching it with, I was like, this 18-year-old who, by happenstance, you know, his dad bought him a, a ticket through an auction that went to charity. But the first ticket that was sold for $28 million, that person had to cancel and reschedule. So then this 18-year-old got to go up. And I thought... He's going to be famous for the rest of his life. Yeah. Here I am scrapping on a podcast and he has to go up in space and he's got a mate. I was like, he probably even will have a job. Like Jeff Bezos probably, you want to work for me? We're right. talking about the original space flight. It's all about the networking. Yeah. Right. I'm like, is he single? Can we get married now? Thanks. 18 year old. You're old enough. <laughs> Did you get to see any of it? I didn't. I was at work. So I, you know. I miss all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, did you hear about it? I did hear about it. There were there was some some talking about it, but I didn't get to see. I haven't even seen any of the snippets of it yet. So, how? I mean, did That's you ever? Amazing. Did you ever for a minute think this was possible or this was going to be possible? I did, but I didn't think it would be in my lifetime, honestly. So. It's hard to think you think your grandchildren, because I'm thinking of your kid, um, they may actually be able to travel to space on It might be just the norm. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, no, never thought I'd see something like this in my lifetime. It's crazy. They're saying that by 2040, the they're they're anticipating that the travel um industry will be making upwards of 1.7 trillion a year. Wow. And that right now they're talking about if you want to go up, you need to be able to fork over like 200,000 plus. And I'm like, that's a house. Yeah. Yeah. That's a house. Now I do have to say this because I surely I'm not the only person when you watch it, you have to tell me, I feel like a lot of people at Disney are going to say this too. But the actual spacecraft that they went up in, the pod and the booster, looks like a penis. Shut up. I swear to God, it looked like a white (laughs) penis. And it kept doing this. Let me see if I can. This is my brush. But it kept doing this (laughs) all the way up. (laughs) And I just thought... I don't want to put it on Facebook. I don't want to go to jail, but it literally, that's what it looked like. And I turned to my friend and I went, 
am I just too focused on penis these days? Or is that what that looks like? <laughs> Could be a combo of both. No, no. That's what it looked like. I mean, that's what it literally looked like. And I thought this billionaire, Jeff Bezos, has some balls making his first foray into space. I mean, I said, he he's not married anymore. He has four kids, but you know, he's worth like, I, I Googled it. He's worth like $207 billion. And I thought, this is penis in me. He either has a big one and he doesn't care. I mean, that's exactly what this spaceship looks like. <laughs> I can't wait to look it up now. Like, you know as soon as we're done what I'm going to do. Huh? You know as soon as this show's done where I'm, I'm hit. I got to find pictures now. Video. <laughs> like, flying penis. Flying penis. Enter, enter, enter. Jen. <laughs> I love it. Well, now we're going to talk about um, last week. It was one of my favorite stories in the news, but, you know, always in Florida. A gentleman in Daytona Shores. So Daytona Beach, Florida. I'm sure there's an area called Daytona Shores. He uh, was arrested for swinging an alligator by the tail above his head. Huh. Now, that story, too. <laughs> when the cops approached him. He released the alligator and raised his hands. He knew he was getting arrested, which I'm like. And the cops asked him why. Because supposedly, this is sad. I think alligators are so cute. He was swinging it above his head, tried to throw it up on the roof of a downtown business, then grabbed it, swung it more around his head, slammed it into an awning, threw it down on the ground twice. It's a sad story for the alligator. And poor alligator was minding his own business at the Conga Putt-Putt River Adventure Aww. when this guy crawled the fence and stole him. So it wasn't even a wild gator. Right, he like, yeah. He stole oh. it from a putt-putt course. That's so cool. when, the, when the cop said, what are you doing, man? Like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm trying to teach it a lesson. Huh. Only... In Florida, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. The weirdest stuff happens in Florida. Yeah. All the all the great stories start that way. Today in Florida. I what like I have so many what lesson? What did he do to you? Did you lose your little blue ball when you went to go play putt putt at the Congo River Adventure? Yeah. Some there's some deep issues there. Huh. And to think that we're we used to work at Disney and these people were probably in the park with us. And we just... <laughs> yeah. Do you ever think like that when you see a crazy story? You're like, oh, my God, I bet you I took pictures with them at some point. I don't know. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you do. And sometimes you and then you just remember all the things that did happen to us. And you're like, <laughs> it's a wonder that we're all still alive, well adjusted and alive. <laughs> And want to go back to Disney sometimes. Like, yeah, let's all go back and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to keep up anymore. <laughs> okay. This is the part of the show called Julie's a Mess. And this is where I tell my guest a story and she gets to finish it. And I told her coming into this, I hadn't really thought of a story because I've had so much going on lately between breast surgery and a quick engagement 
that we're not going to talk about because it still triggers me. And uh, but anyway, I a couple of weeks ago, my landlord was. So what we do is we tell the story and then I stop halfway through and my guests will try and finish it based on how well they know me. Sometimes hilarity ensues. So, Jenny, here's your Julie's a mess story for the week. My shower needed to be replaced. I, I rent where I'm at, and my shower is was a just death trap. I mean, it's literally the size of one of those magician boxes where you get in and they saw the girl in half. Like, that's how big my shower was. And uh, the bottom's falling out, and it just... It needed to be fixed. And so my landlord was going to come over and fix it. And he called me one morning and he was like, I'm going to come over around one o'clock. And I was like, I am exhausted. Like I did not sleep last night. I don't know if I can stay up till one. And I said, and I was recovering from breast surgery. And so sweet man, I was like, he doesn't have a lot of time on his hand. He can come over. So I told him, I'm probably just going to sleep. And you can just do what you need to do. And then that'll be the end of it. So because I'd been having breast surgery, because I had had breast surgery and it was like the second week of recovery and I was hurting and I had, you know, I hadn't really been keeping up my house and he didn't care. But you always feel like when you're renting, you want your apartment or house to be presentable. So I stood up and went in the kitchen and I had all these dishes in the sink and I just went... I don't have the energy to wash them. And a friend of mine said, well, just put Dawn in the sink and plug your sink up and turn the water on. And then when he comes over, it'll just look like you're attempting to like clean the kitchen. And I thought, that's a great idea. That is a great idea. That is smart. So I put tons of dish soap in the, in the sink and I turned the sink on, you know, I, I couldn't find a plug. I couldn't find the plug for my sink because my house was built in the 40s. So I totally um, took the top of a mason jar, like that inner lining that you seals when you screw it on. And like, yeah, yeah. The little, yep. that fit perfectly. So I put that down there and I turned the sink on. So then I went and picked up the kitchen. I threw a little bit of like dirty clothes in the lawn. Like I was just trying to spot clean. So then I went in and sat down and I was talking. Some guy was like texting me and I was talking to him. And then I was trying to send things in for um, the radio gig that I'd applied for recently. So I was trying to like get my demo reel set up and all that stuff. So I was doing things. And then I realized I turned the sink on. I walked back in my kitchen and it was like the Titanic. My floor mats were floating down towards the garage. I heard it running off somewhere, but I was like, where is it running off? And then I realized it was running right into my basement. <laughs> <laughs> so um, being Julie and being that it was 12 o'clock, and my landlord was showing up at one. How do you think the story ends? I like to picture that there were bubbles involved. <laughs> because you probably put the dish detergent in, right? So you've got not just water, but bubbles. 
So I could see you reminiscing back to the days where like, oh, we would all go to places like the Firestone Club, remember that place? And they had the bubble parties, right? So I picture you probably turned some music on, got the lights all ready. I'm sure you looked really cute regardless. And you had a bubble party, dance party with your landlord. Well, he's in his 80s, so that didn't happen. Oh, he probably still liked it. I mean, he probably did. He was coming over and asking me about all my surgery. Like, I had all these technical questions, and I was like, fix did my he, shower. Did he want to know if he could help massage? Everybody else wants to know. I was going to say, because you know it's the question everybody's going to ask. Yeah, that's what every guy in my life wants to know. But But <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Because I actually found out recently, I had to Google. Even my doctor didn't tell me. I was like, how do you massage them? How much pressure do you apply? And then I watched a surgeon from Texas and he was like, it's not really massaging. And I was like, got it. Now that I know, yeah, I won't well, be roped in. Massaging is probably deceiving, but anyhow, but did you have a bubble party? No. No. So I go in there and of course, you know, I panicked because right. I thought my landlord's going to come over and think I'm trying to destroy the house. <laughs> Couldn't bend over. Of course. Uh, but when I squat down because of the lupus and like the other issues, the osteoporosis, sometimes I can't yeah. get back up. I panicked. I was like, oh my, oh my God, God, I panicked. I'm sure you did. I took everything that needed to go into the laundry that week. And threw it on the floor. And threw it on the floor. And I started like trying to sop up all the water in the soap. But... I have night seizures sometimes. And one of the ways you know that you have night seizures is you wake up, you know, covered in bodily fluids. Right. I'd forgotten that I had a whole bunch of towels in that mix to go in the wash that were covered in that from like two nights ago. So now I'm smearing all that stuff all over the kitchen floor too. This is just not getting any better. <laughs> it did not get any better. I finally threw everything in the laundry. People were like, oh my God, you could have slipped and really hurt yourself. I was like, well, what was I supposed to do? You're like, so, I wasn't even thinking of that at that point. <laughs> I got all of it in the laundry. I finally get everything up. And then I threw like a quart of Fabuloso on the floor and just ran a spot mopped it just so it would smell good. And I literally, after all that, it was just everything I could do. To not like Isn't that fabuloso mm. stuff the best though. I love it. A lot That's of people don't like fantastic. it. Plastic. Uh, I, I love it. It's amazing. I throw it everywhere. Toilet, yeah. floor. I may even start gargling with it, like for mouthwash before a date. I mean, I wouldn't, but that stuff smells amazing. Anyway, I got everything in and then he came over and his solution to fixing the shower was spraying flex seal, which worked. I mean, it worked, but it made my house smell like a chemical compound for like two days. And I was taking pain pills and I was like between exerting myself in the kitchen for all the wrong reasons and then yeah. inhaling flex seal. I, it's a wonder I'm still here, Jenny. It's a wonder. <laughs> That's kind of like Firestone too. I mean, that was a drug. All yeah, I was thinking that was, those were different chemicals, but yes. 
Now we're going to move on to something called five questions, which I've been looking really forward to because I have a lot of questions about our, our time at Disney, your time at Disney. And one of my first questions is, uh, so for everybody that's just joining, she was good friends with Ariel, uh, you know, the, the mermaid. She also danced with Quasimodo in one of my favorite stage shows ever at what I still call the Disney and GM Studios, which was the yeah. Hunchback of Notre Dame show. And, and then she was also a VIP or VIP, VIP character as Chipmunks. Now, what a lot of people don't know and they always ask me is, once that's your VIP, like my VIP character, I was good friends with Pluto. But then you want to do everything in your height range so you have more variety in life as you work at Disney. Yeah. Um, what was, we've talked about some of the uh, characters you got to do. What was one that you always wanted to do, but because of your height range, it was a no-go? Um, could it be a, um, a parade role? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to be the Samba dancer. That's a good role. No, but I was like, I mean, there. I needed like two more of me to be tall enough to do that. But that would have been like, I was fascinated with that costume. I didn't care how heavy that headdress was. It just, that to me. And they was had the mask too, right? Yeah. They yeah. The mask, the headdress. The headdress and then the mask. very sherberty, like. Yeah pinkish orange and then it had the big ruffle up the side yeah. what parade was that for people that want to go and look that would have been um the summit wouldn't that have been the 25th yeah no, no. it wasn't the 20 i want to say it was the parade before 20, maybe the 20th maybe the 20th which yeah, I was the one with the um the uh, mardi gras theme that was yeah. the 20th, right it was there was a cute outfit yeah it would have been heavy. Now, did you do spectro magic? I did. And I, was, I did mermaid mostly in that. Right. And harp girl. Harp girl's a fun role. Which was always fun because you got to hit what? You at the, the mallet. Now, you had to lean forward in spectro magic. I'm in that tail, yeah. So was you, made. The way it was made, you literally, it was like you were, you know, a mermaid from here up. And then I had like my sweatpants on. But you'd climb into this uh, the float, and in order to make it look like you were positioned, probably you leaned in on your hips the whole parade route. Right. And, it uh, your hips. Did you ever hear about the story when one when my one of my shells popped off? No, let's hear that story. Yeah. So ironically, Jay Carter was driving my float that night, and whenever we would get to the bridge, usually. Your driver, you know, that was where like you could, you know, if, if I was having like any kind of a costume problem or anything, I could right. hold her down to whoever was on the bridge. Um, sometimes your driver would pop their door open and like wave at you and just make sure you were doing okay. Well, it was Jay that night. And just about right before we got to Castle Hub, I like, I was, you know, doing my armography and I, I went to do something and I whacked one of the shells. And, you know, they were just Velcroed on. They were Velcroed. Yeah. yeah, they were Velcroed. So one popped off, and I was like, holy cow, what do I do? So I just took my wig, and I, like, pulled it, you know, all over on that one Smart. side. Smart. 
quick thinking and was just kind of going on about my business. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, obviously some people saw it. I know what's going on. I'm trying not to like, I, I was dying laughing at myself at this point. And then we get to the bridge and Jay pops the door open to say, no, hey, how's it going? And I'm pointing, but I need him to get my shell. So he goes, climbs out, goes to get it. Well, if you remember on this float, there was the little animatronic flounder that's yeah. just swimming around. So every time Jay bent to go pick it up, it would hit him in the head. It was a it was just amazing. It was like our own show was happening right there because he must have gotten hit three or four times by that flounder fish where he finally gave me my shell back. I got it back on and life went on. But I had tears coming down the whole rest of that parade. That's hilarious. I love hearing stories. And you I know, it's funny because I can't remember a lot of stuff from back then, but that is one story. And I don't know if I remember it because whenever I do see Jay Carter, we talk about that moment because it was it was funny. <laughs> I love Jay and I had, um, I did a special event with Jay Carter at the Yachtin Beach Uh and, um, I was friends with Flounder. So I was in that big inflatable get up (laughs) (laughs) and Betty Buckley was like, don't go in the sand because the sand would kick up inside and it would be like a big wind tunnel on. I remember at that event, uh, something had happened inside and Dina, um, Kelly, Dina Dieter, had uh, had to crawl up to help, but she had to crawl up at the back of the angle for Flounder and it literally looked like Flounder was pooping out a coordinator. Oh my and gosh. We, we were crying. But going back to Jay, uh, his area that night, uh, we were staying in, a, um, in one of the suites. Right. Was our break area. And um, I was like, oh, y'all should get some like pictures of Eric and Ariel, like in the bed, in the hot tub. <laughs> like y'all are living your best life up in this yeah. vacation. And they did, you know, because we all used to do stuff like that and yeah. not think twice about you. They'd be fired for it now. And um, then that was right before Photoshop came out, but I was really good at like pasting my face on yeah. So I did it and I have a picture. Where is I'm gonna show the picture. I'm gonna grab it real fast. But um I gave it to Jay for his birthday, but he was doing <laughs> he was doing Davy Crockett on his birthday and I was doing Wendell Bear and we were on the riverboat. And so I totally walked up to him and I was like, um, I have to give you this. Like I just gave it to him in a birthday bag. And he was like, Oh, it's for me. And I was like, mm. Yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> And we, to this day, talk about it and just laugh. That's fantastic. Um, You know know what saved us all is there wasn't social media back then. We would have been fired for a lot of stuff if there was because, you know, someone wouldn't be able to help themselves and things would get posted. Well, right. And remember, I remember Shannon was always taking pictures with his actual camera. Yeah, and I'm like, some of the best so pictures cool. I have from my time at Disney, Shannon took for me. <laughs> I there love that you have that. That is amazing. There it is. <laughs> and every once in a while, I'll show it. And look at that flip on Eric's wig. That is hilarious. 
Oh my gosh, I love it. I know. Julie, Julie was a mess then, even yes. as Fantastic. Uh, okay, sorry, I totally can't yeah. the story. So that was, you asked your one question. Well, so I'm still asking questions because, you know, I could talk about this forever and we're doing well in time. Um, so do you have a memory? I mean, you just told us a little bit about your parade memory from Spectrum Magic, but do you have a, me we met some of the greatest kids working at that park. Do you have a memory of one of your favorite encounters with a tyke with a little person at Disney? Yes. There were was well there were a couple at the magic kingdom there was michael um little boy that came all the time uh actually and it was very good friends with jay carter who we were just yep, speaking of him. um so he was a he was a regular that i would always no matter where i was on the parade route i would stop my routine and make sure i would go over and see him and there was another another boy that i used to see all the time too and i honestly can't remember his name but um but you started to have your regulars that were always in the same spots and it would just it would just make your day i mean just as it it made their day you stopping to go take a picture with them during parade but like and then they would somehow these pictures would find you like they would bring them and give them to people you know like our coordinators and stuff and yeah. then we would get them um you, like you had mentioned at the hunchback show um i had there was a, an older gentleman his name was tony and we called him tony the button guy because he used to go to all the shows he used to go to beauty and the beast hunchback and he would take pictures and he took amazing pictures but he would put them on buttons for you or magnets and then he would give them to you but then he would just start taking like he some of my most amazing pictures from my i was at the hunchback show for about five years yeah but over that time he took a lot of pictures of me, but it became where um, everybody was like, well, Jenny's his favorite. If you want to be in any of Tony's pictures, you got to get next to her. So if people knew he was in the audience, choreography was changing because everybody was trying to get next to me at some point just to get in a picture. <laughs> he took some of the most amazing pictures and I have boxes and boxes because he would send them back to me. Um, I always thought, I love that show. One of my friends, Melanie Hobbs, was Esmeralda. She was one of our Esmeraldas, yeah. And uh, and I could I would go and just hope that she was the Esmeralda. But yeah. I always remember when you got that show and everybody was so excited for you. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons was, um, well, because you had had an accident. Yep. Um, you, I want to say you were coming to work. I was on my way into work. Yeah. And you just, were in a myself at daycare. Yeah. I was coming in to do spectro magic. And I think, I want to say you took that curve on Reams road or maybe it wasn't, maybe it was. I would not a light and I was turning to go to the back roads. It was a Popka Vineland. Yeah. Well, that intersection there. Yeah. Somebody T-boned me. The accident was so bad that there were a lot of us within uh, that didn't know if you were going to make it. Yeah. And, um, I remember, um, I'm going to get teary eyed. I remember um, I, you were so sweet to me always. 
small. And I remember going to see you at the hospital. And I remember we talked or I remember everybody was talking. I remember talking to Jack. I mean, everybody talked about it. Not even sure if you were even going to come back. Yeah. Oh, they said I survived. First, I wasn't going to make it through the night. And then it was, well, she's not going to walk again. And then it was, well, she's going to be, you know, she's functioning, but she'll never be able to go back and do what she did. And then you came back like gangbusters and became a dancer and hunchback. And everybody was thrilled. And I always wanted to see you get like, I was like, I don't think she can sing, but fuck, she'd make a good Esmeralda. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was when I came back to work, I was probably only back. I was out eight months. And then when I came back, I still couldn't drive yet. I wasn't, I hadn't gotten my, um, my, uh, driving capabilities back yet. And, um, so Lisa Cantrell, do you remember Lisa? Mm-hmm. She, um, so I was only working like three days a week for a while there. So she would, we, we had the same schedule. So she would pick me up and we would drop my son off at daycare. She would take me to work and then she would bring me home. We'd pick my son up and she was like my, my carpool. Tyler, and, that's your son's name? Yeah, Ty, right? yeah. You know, he just turned 29 yesterday. I don't know how that happened because I don't either because that's really that's, that's right in my dating range. So right. <laughs> hi, yeah. Ty. Um, <laughs> hey, but yeah, so she would give me rides to work, um, but I was only back really maybe about a month, and I remember Hunchback. Um, well, I don't remember, but Hunchback opened while I was in the hospital. Yeah. So the opening cast was doing, you know, their thing. And I remember, you know, hearing great things about it. Well, when I came back to work, there was the, you know, on like the little memo board, there was a thing up that said there was an audition um, that they were going to be replacing. There was a female already leaving. So they wanted to replace that one spot. Um, and I remembered the thing said that there were puppets in the show. And I was like, well, I don't do puppets. So and you did the doves, right? You got to do the doves. I had to do all kinds of stuff. But the crazy thing was, is I wasn't, I was only going to the audition to just see how I would do. Cause I didn't, I didn't know if I could still move you know, and do yeah. it. Right. So, um, yeah, I went to the audition and I made the first cut, the second cut. Next thing I know, um, there, it's like down to me and a couple other people. And then they do the usual, like, thank you so much. And, and, you know, Fran Soder, the show director was there. And I mean, how often does the actual show director still hang out? But the show was still so new that he was still so involved that he was like, I need to pick, you know, who's going to, you know, take this girl's spot. It was actually Jody McVeigh um, that was going to, um, that was going to be leaving. Cause she had another opportunity at another show. So, um, so it was crazy. Uh, long story short, I ended up, you know, getting um, getting getting the part. And I found out the next day when I was at work and I had been doing that was the 25th anniversary parade. Yeah. The crane would have to take me down off the shell. Um, and uh, and I remember was that uh, a fun float to be on. I used to because your the tail looked weird because it was on the tail. Was and and it was like it did like this crazy whirly thing. It didn't didn't really do a lot of natural. It was kind of yeah weird. yeah. It was odd, 
But um, but I liked my vantage point up there. It was kind of cool. Oh yeah, and that shell's huge. That's it's actually one of my favorite floats to look yeah. at. I think but the tail it was, it was kind of weird on that one. But as I was coming down, the, one of the um, parade stage managers was down there and said, "Hey, they they want you for this show, and your rehearsal start tomorrow." And um, I thought, I don't even really have time to think about this, but I took it and I went, and um, I'm so happy I did. It was five years. Wasn't didn't Blaine wasn't Blaine Gantos in that cast too? Yeah, he was. There. Um, he was one of the uh, one of the OGs. Yeah, I just that was the thing too. I loved in our time there as they really started to use characters from our character pool in shows. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, before they had always hired dancers from outside or yep. it was a whole different cast and we didn't really know them. Yep. But I love that they really started to use. Characters. Yeah, they us, and um, that was one of the first shows that really the, the there were more of us than the equity performers. I was thinking show. about it today, and I was driving home because I was in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'd gone out there to um, to just get out. You know, I told you my casino story last night, but also um, I had met with uh, some radio personalities that work at the station that I'm trying to get involved with, and. Um, I, on the way home, I was singing about your time at Hunchback and I literally found myself like driving through the backwoods of Nebraska and cornfields. And I'm like, I don't know if you can hear me. And I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> and I was like, I should be singing this soundtrack. That so, was um, okay. What, what, who's your favorite Disney character? Like, just tell everybody who your favorite character is. Not one that you necessarily did, but who's your favorite character? Um, oh goodness. I always really, you know, I really, I love Belle. I mean, now, did you ever get fitted was, in Belle? Was, yeah. That, what was that? Did you ever get fitted in Belle? Um, no, because you know, I, before I was approved in, in Ariel, I was fitted in her three other times. And three times I was told, nope. One time I was told I was too pretty. The other times I was too exotic and um, uh, their wording was always like, uh, you would go to face character auditions sometimes and you were like, yeah, yeah. I, and I was at them faithfully. I mean, I went every time they had them and I was always fitted in things, but, but a lot of times I just, um, I looked a little too Italian maybe. I don't know, but my um, sister has a great story. Cause you know, she um, did bell. Right. Climate she's beautiful too. She's so she's still beautiful. Yeah. Thank God we look like each other. You um, do. <laughs> so we know where she, she gets got, her from. She got fitted in Ariel and um they didn't she was a little perturbed because they didn't change her makeup out. Mm -hmm. You know, they left her in bell makeup and then stuck her in Ariel and she was like, yeah. This is gonna matter. I don't yeah. know why I weren't changing it. But um, she tells a story about how she said, very awkward to be standing there in front of the firing squad and they're all talking about you. Yeah, that's exactly. But that's such a great way to describe it because you just stand there, you turn, you front, you know, and they're just, they're all talking, they're just talking about you like you're not there. She said it got all the way down. And as, as they're going and whispering and talking about you, they were like, she's whose sister? Oh my God. Oh my God. And she goes, it gets all the way down to the end. 
And they were like, she looks just like her brother. <laughs> she was Ariel. Like, Thanks. Right? Because they had seen the pictures and stuff. Exactly. Like yeah. And my sister goes, not really. You don't really want to hear you look like your brother in drag. Right. character on this. And I was like, hey, they didn't stick you an ugly stepsister. It's not like they were saying you were Anastasia or Drusilla. Like, you exactly. have perfect for an ugly So I was like, count your blessings. Yeah, believe me, it could have been much worse. It could have been a lot worse. <laughs> um, yeah. A lot of people, I'm going to answer this question for Sharon real fast. She wants to know what VIP buddy means. When you're in entertainment and characters, you are always assigned based on your height range. Uh, a character slot. So for Jenny, she was a chipmunk because of her height. I was Pluto because of my height. You could be mouse height, which would be Mickey or Minnie. They would often say your monk height, like Jenny. Um, if you're over six foot, they would all they, you were goofy height, but that would mean you would do things like goofy or beast, all the real tall roles. And so Sharon, all it really was was kind of a character coding for us. But because we don't want to ruin the magic sometimes when kids are watching or listening, we would say you're VIP buddy. So I'm friends with Pluto. Jenny's friends with the chipmunks. Dina would have been friends with Mickey and Minnie. So that's how they kind of, that's what, when we say VIP buddy, that's what they mean. And oftentimes now, even now you'll hear people say, oh, I was friends with Ariel. Because even, I think we, there was a great story about so I think somebody asked you once, like, well, does Tyler not know that you're Ariel? And I think you said, I think I've told him I'm friends with her. Right. He, um, he didn't know it for years and he, I, he would come and see me and he, you know, he would just be kind of, he'd give me that, that sketch look like, eh, but you know, he, my mom and dad were always so good about making sure like it wasn't ruined for him. Yeah. And then, then finally, like it clicked one day. And um, so I had to tell him, I'm like, but you can't tell anybody it's, you know, you know, we don't want to ruin it for people. I mean, it's kind of like Santa, you know, there's the real Santa and then he's got helpers. He's got helpers. There's the real Ariel. And then mommy's her helper. Cause she can't be everywhere. Yeah. So he would, he was like, okay, so we got it. So then there was, um, uh, I was doing sets at the grotto one day. Um, and my, I love love her old grotto. Yeah, exactly. The, um, so my parents were in town and whenever they came in town, they always came to the park with him and they would take him around. And so they waited online and they came to see me. And this was probably the first time that he really, like, he knew it was me, but he was trying to be like really, you know, cool. And he was excited. And he was like, um, he like whispered, he whispered to the kid lying behind him. It was just like, that's my mom. She's one of Ariel's helpers. And my mom was like, Ty, you're not supposed to tell people. And he was like, it's, it's okay. She said it's a secret. And I whispered it. So he thought it was okay to tell the kid as long as he whispered that mom was there, but it was just a helper because the real Ariel was busy doing something. So, yeah. Any creepy, any creepy dad stories? Oh, well, when you're Ariel, you have nothing but creepy dad stories. Um, yeah. Yeah. They always wanted to, um, they always comments about your shells. 
Yeah. Yeah. All what size are they? Like, yeah, yeah, like, do the shells come in different sizes? I think I heard an Ariel in the Grotto once actually turn and say, um, I don't know what you're talking about. Flounder found these on the bottom of the ocean, and I thought they were pretty. Well, that's how you always had to kind of come back with them, because as much as you wanted to tell them that they were gross, dirty old men, you had to And their kids were sitting right next to you. Because, you know, the crazy thing is, is like, and and I don't even, I, I would like to think it's still that way today, but they really instilled that in us during our time when we were there, like how important it was to never come, you know, be out of character. To have that integrity. No matter what anybody said, because you know how many, not even the dads, but you know how many kids would ask me how I went to the bathroom? That was like, that was like, like I had so many kids ask me. So that was always a question that I like, I could never really think of something that was like appropriate, clever. Um, So questions like that, I always turned it around on them and I would be like, well, how do you think I go? And then pretty much whatever they said, I'd be like, okay, you know, yeah. There you go. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, And you know, you know me, I'd be like, do you have an aquarium at home? (laughs) Exactly. How do they go? (laughs) But you can't say that because you can't be like, no. Because you wouldn't know what an aquarium is. Yeah. But you, you know, it's funny because they really were strict about that kind of stuff with us because- well, it was all about character integrity. Yeah. And that, that was so important to, I think, all of us back then. And, um, you know, now I feel like Ariel's would be like, can you go out and pick some of the trash up off the beach? Because, you know, pollution is real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. New yeah. York. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have had a lot of fun talking about Disney stuff. Yay. It is. Um, we're at the point of the show. Well, first off, um, I, I just adore you. I just. Same. Same. You have been and always will be one of my most favorite people. You and I clicked right away. Like, I don't know. Well, yeah. And I just always thought you were super sweet. And then the antics we would get into. But I, Yeah, we. Were you ever in the grotto when the snakes? <laughs> yes, of course. What mermaid wasn't <laughs> in the old grotto? Everybody, you just snakes in the grotto. That was normal <laughs> and horrifying when you'd see one. You're like, yeah, how do I get yeah, back to the break yeah. room? Yeah, yeah, that, that was fun. <laughs> I was like, what this kind of thing is that process? Uh, venomous one. <laughs> right. Yeah, they were those horrible um, water um, moccasins. Water moccasins. Yeah, I was like, oh. I always tell the story and, you know, I feel like now Disney's going to be like, that didn't happen. Um, Amanda, Amanda Salisbury, we were in the grotto one day and, um, okay. So for the old grotto now, you know, she sits and it spins and I don't know. It's really fancy. It's fancy. But the old grotto, when we were there, it was a rock. It was a hollowed out rock. Um, and it was within the grotto and they had fake um, seaweed on top. And so Jenny would go in and she would wear bike shorts that had like the top rim of. Yeah, like the top of the fin. You'll love this. I've been working on this because I want an aerial doll. I want one. And I thought, I'll do this for the 50th anniversary and then I'll have it. Have I worked on it in like nine months? No. But <laughs> so this is the tail. I love it. I love it. 
And then like, so Jenny would have like bike shorts on and then she would have, all the girls would have like this. Just that, that top part that looked like the top part of like the fence. The top of the fence. Yeah. And then they would get in this rock and they would sit on a bike seat, like a yeah. bicycle seat. And they had air pedals at the bottom and they would step on these air pedals. And, and that would make, make the tail. The tail. <laughs> sometimes, remember when the tail would break and all of a sudden it would just go thud. Yeah. <laughs> and a certain other girl that used to do aerial, I'm not going to talk about her right now, but uh, she would always step on the brake really hard and then it would fly up and she'd catch it. <laughs> Which I always thought was funny, but she'd do it to, like scare people. And I was like, ha ah. <laughs> You know her. We all know her. But made me laugh all the time because I was like, well, no wonder it's broken. <laughs> about. So um anyway, um Amanda got in one day and she didn't want to, she was shorter. So she just I think ended up just lifting. Cause so what they do, they get on the bike seat. And then the tail would go, it was on this fitted, like, articulated skeleton, skeleton, we'll just call it a skeleton. Yeah. And they would, so Jenny would get in, right, sit on the bike seat, and then they would zip the tail up her back, and then they would hide with, like, Velcro and the thick seat. So you were, like, we were, like, locked into this rock. Couldn't get out. Yeah. Nope. Right. So. Somebody unzipped you. Amanda felt something moving. Mm Mm-hmm. And we ended up closing the grotto and then we got her out and then we found out that there was a nest of baby water moccasins yep. inside the rock. Yep. Inside the rock, people. Like, yeah. And we were right next to the old 20,000 leagues. 20,000 leagues. We were like an old, I felt like they, like, they just felt like we were an old cave that was... Right next to that ride. Although I really love that King Triton. You know, I did King Triton and Spectra Magic, and I'm like, where did he go? I would, I sometimes I'm like, I want to buy that and stick that in my backyard. Like, that would be kind of cool. Where'd that go? Yeah. Um, Anyway, they ended up, they didn't want to close the grotto because it was so. Do you remember how popular the grotto was back when we gave it a line for hours? Yeah. So they ended up closing the rock and sealing it. And then they made the girls put on show tails, which were basically a sequin tail. Yep. And then and they, they carried them out to the grotto. And they put a lunch tray from Armark on top of that opening. The opening. And then they put like. And they put more fake seaweed on it. Yep. And then, and they, then they stuck the girls on it. Yep. And the girls all knew uh, right below me is a nest of baby water moccasins. And then we all started to have the same thought, which was. Where's the mom? Right. And they made us run that grotto the rest of the day mm-hmm. before they went in and took care of it. And you think, and people go, oh, you got hazard pay. And I'm like, no, no. Nope. I don't even know if my insurance would have covered a snake bite. <laughs> a bunch of little snake bites. What happened to Ariel? Well. Yeah. But it was still a good time. <laughs> but it was a good time. Right, we all talk about it now and laugh about it. I I had my share of snakes in parade floats. Yeah, that in cicadas. Do you remember like the cicadas? Did you ever yeah. were you ever in a spectro parade where all of a sudden they were just jumping out of the floats? 
Yeah, that was the um, remember the big piano that Chip and Dale would play? Yes, and, and it's right. And then, I yes, always wanted to one do night that. it was Becca Deppner and I, and we're just playing away and sliding on the piano bench. And then all these cicadas started jumping out of the float, it was insane. Well, at least they didn't get up in your little cute little heads. That no, would have been, been horrible. Okay. We are right at the seven o'clock mark, which we've been talking for about an hour. Michael Booth is terrified next week of making sure that he's going to do it right. And I'm like, it really is just like a Zoom call. We're just going to talk. Yeah. He's awesome. This is the part of the show. And for those that are joining us and want to come back next week, Michael Booth is adorable. And he was friends with Aladdin and Prince Ali. So that's going to be a fun show too. And he's just a character anyway. Um, this is the part of the show, Jenny, where you get to ask me one question or two, because uh, we're doing good on time, about my journey in an intersex life. And in asking this question, I get to answer a question for you that maybe you've always wanted to ask, but aren't sure how to ask or approach me. And so I get to answer that for you. And then I also get to educate the people that are listening at home or watching uh, this live broadcast. So uh, the floor is yours. Well, um, I, I have to almost think about it because I feel like I've been going through this journey with you since like before it was a journey. You know, I mean, I feel like I've been around since a lot of the um, health issues that you were having were just start, you know, starting to really pop. Well, and you're a nurse. Yeah. I mean, you're a nurse now. We forgot to mention that, that you've gone after Disney, you went on and you became a nurse, which I love. It's like part of your journey now. story. Huh? Yeah. It's been 16 years I've been a nurse now. Well, and I, I always thought, sometimes I think you meet people that have had really traumatic experiences, like your car accident, and then they go back into medicine and... Sometimes I feel like that's a direct connect, right? Yeah. And that you, I, 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 not that I want to be in the hospital and be in your charge, even though I think that that would be great. But I just, um, I, I'm sure your bedside manner and I'm sure the way you treat people and you approach everything is just very genuine and um, comforting and caring. So uh, I think it's great that you went into nursing, but okay, let's get back to you asking my question. So of course, you know, I'm always like, um, when I think about like what you're going through and the things um, that you, you have gone through and what you probably still have ahead, I'm very clinical because I can't help that. So for me, I think one of the things that I would want to know about, and I'm so curious about is, is any any more surgeries that you're going to need to have to, to get you to where, you know, you are comfortable. I feel like you'd be comfortable in whatever shell you're in. You're very, I am. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, you're very confident. I, I don't know if people realize that, but I tell people it's just a vessel. Yeah. And I'm very adamant about it. I love that. when you say that because it's that's such that's a the great vessel. Way. Yeah. And people are like, well, you know, people on TikTok will be like, what do you have dysphoria? No, not really. Not at all. Well, that's because they don't know you. And and then I'll, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, it's like trans. No. Um, 
Not at all. In all honesty, and people ask me all the time, especially because of my breast surgery, they're like, oh, you had dysphoria about your breasts. And I'm like, well, I, not really. Like I had breast tissue from high school. It was just that at 46, I was getting undressed at night and looking in the mirror and being like, oh, I'm King Louie without any fur. Like, um, <laughs> so I really just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted them lifted. Very good visual I just got. <laughs> I want, that's what I told my plastic surgeon. He was like, what? And I was like, dude, have you ever been to the zoo? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, next time you go to the zoo, ask to see the matriarchal orangutan and look at where her breasts lie. Like, I shouldn't have a hole in between my breasts. I know it's my belly button, but that's not where it should be. Right. So like... Um, not necessarily even on a, the, a plastic surgery end. Like... You know, just with some of the other clinical. Yeah. So I think I know what you're asking. Um, a couple of years ago, I had the hysterectomy where I had my ovary. Right. My, that I remember. Um, testy removed. Mm -hmm. Actually came across somebody today in an intersex group I moderate on Facebook. And they literally had the same anatomy. Really? But, yes. But, they were, but their medical choice and, and the information they were given was very different from mine. Um, I feel blessed. I know that not every, and we talk about this all the time, intersex people do not get the care they need. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of doctors across the board say, excuse me, I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. I don't recognize that. I'm not going to do that. You were born a boy or you were born a girl. But a lot of them are not, and I and and that baffles me because I'm like they took an oath mm -hmm. to help you. Regardless, the oath was you're going to go out and help people. So I find it very kind of damning when a doctor says, "Yeah, I don't believe in that." I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been really blessed that all of my doctors and everywhere that I've been, they're on board, and it's not so much of. They're not coming necessarily from a scientific aspect of let's see what would happen if we do this. Right. You know, I talk all the time about how decades ago, lobotomies were common. That was the norm. That's how they be like, well, yeah. if we push on this, her hand tremors, you know, and they're like, well, yeah. what happened if we push on that? You know, and I'm like, I'm glad they don't do it anymore. Yeah. But um, I had a great... Um, urologist when I was in Orlando. Cute. Cute man. Married. But so gorgeous. I mean, if somebody had to do all the things that were done, boy, howdy. Um, but he's in Winter Park, but he had actually come back to me and he said, don't get a vagina. Right. And I said, why? And he said, people aren't going to understand this unless they have an intersex person in front of them or they've opened up an intersex person before for whatever reason. But he goes, I've operated on four in my career. And he's in his forties. And he was like, you're my fourth. And it looks like you'll have two or three roller coasters intertwined. Hmm. Internally, y'all don't look like any XX or XY I've ever come across. And he right. goes, one wrong move 
on somebody that doesn't understand an intersex body and you could have a colostomy bag for the rest of your life. Exactly. Yeah. It's not worth it. And then he leaned over and he goes, this is the part where you're like, yeah, I got to go. Where's my purse? (laughs) He leaned over and he goes, he was like, you're going to find somebody that wants to be with you because they want to be with you. And that's not going to matter down there. That won't matter. And he was like, I have to tell you, he goes, I have to tell you something. I don't think you know, Julie. And I went, shoot. Who knows what's going to come out of the mouth of a doctor. And he said, my wife and I tell our patients all the time, anal sex is not gay sex. And I went, got it. And in my head, I'm like, I know that. (laughs) You're like, I already know that. Hello. He sounds like he was a great doctor. And I wish there were more like that. Um, I think in your journey and I think you speaking out about everything and your experiences and what you're going through is, is so important because this right now isn't in any medical school training. No. So, and it's not there because we're finding that with like, we're now starting to have block educations that we're given um, so that we know how to, you know, because, because with the, the trans community and, and all of the, the operations that are now starting to come to our ORs, we're learning more about how do we approach? How do we speak? How do we, you know, just things that you didn't think, you know, and it's hard to inter- in school. The intersection of trans and intersex, I think where people get confused. They is- get very confused. So they're just now getting used to, and it's not after one, and now they're going to be. But I just think it's so important that eventually needs to get into the regular education. Oh yeah. yeah. So and I have, um, you know, one of my doctors at the NIH had said we are doing a huge disservice to the medical community at large by making doctors or asking doctors to choose a subsection of medicine, right? Like I'm going to be an orthopedic surgeon. I'm going to be, you know, an OBGYN. He said, in in all honesty, we should be saying, this is how the body works. These are also the way the body works. Everything is kind of tied together. And as a doctor, you really need to go out and not have a predisposed area that you want to be in. You really should be focusing on across the board, everything, but it's, uh, but I also tell people intersex and we talk about this a lot. We've been around for centuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, before Christ, we are written up in literature. And um, I think while it's so new to a lot of people is because for the past 60 plus years, especially in America, we've been aborted. And terminated. Yeah. And they say you've got a sin- XXY, you've got a syndrome or an anomaly or a disability. Or and in essence, we function as much as anybody else does. We just need the care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're able to lead very viable lives. And I share this a lot with my PR team sometimes. 
And the numbers are out there and people are starting to hear about them and they're shocked. And I'm like, look, I get it. But I mean, they're still using literature to kind of stave off people having intersex babies by saying your baby's going to grow up to be a hardened criminal, a molester, is not going to have any brain capacity to go to college, school. Like there are all these lies that are kind of floating out there. 2% of of the world's population is intersex. That means 153, 54 million people right now are intersex. And some may not ever know unless they have a medical complication and go and they say, oh, by the way, you have Turner syndrome or you have Jacob syndrome or did you know that you have half a uterus or did you know that you have um, both male organs and female organs internally? Or did you know that you didn't develop all the way? And then people are horrified because nobody's ever told them. And then there's a lot of people in our community that are kind of like, I don't want to talk about this because we've been conditioned not to talk about it. Yeah. That's why I'm so proud of you. But I also tell people, and I think this is very important. It's not just an intersex thing. My story is no more important than anybody else's story. We all, I feel like as a Christian, I feel like we all go through and that doesn't mean anything to just say I'm a Christian, but I feel like everybody on this planet goes through something very cataclysmic before they pass. Maybe for you, it was your accident, right? But we all go through something that is very cataclysmic and chaotic. I don't think my story is any more important than your story or anybody else's story. I'm just choosing to tell it in a very public way to change perceptions and make it better for the people that come after me. One of my sister's favorite quotes by Rumi is make the world a better place than when you arrived. I mean, more or less, that's not his exact words, but it's that essence, right? Make the place, make the world a better place than when you arrived. And I'm not going to lie. My life has been challenging. But I owe it to the people in my community that come after me to change perceptions so it's better. So that you can go to a doctor and he's not going to judge you or say that you should have been aborted. And instead, maybe he says, okay, I took an oath. Or she says, okay, I took an oath. Let's figure this out together. Let's make your life quality because you have every right to be here as much as anybody else. Let's not do surgery on you at birth to make you fit a binary that we've been preaching for the last 60, 70 years. Let's allow you to live your life in the vessel that you arrived in. And if you choose to make changes to that vessel, great. Because it's just a vessel. You know, I always talk about how like you you watch alien movies and it's always it's great. We talked about Jeff Be- Bezos early, but yeah. it's always and the penis ship. But it's always these great big um, alien aircrafts that arrive, and then the cockpit opens, and it's this itty bitty little tiny alien inside operating this big kind of massive ship. And I feel sometimes with intersex and with anybody, 
That's what it is. This is a big spaceship. What matters is that life energy on the inside. That's what matters. And I told somebody the other day, I'm like, we die and you don't take the spaceship with you. You don't take the vessel with you, but your life spirit ascends and goes on to something else. So your vessel protects that life spirit. doesn't matter. I made a TikTok recently. I said, look, doesn't matter if I'm in a male vessel or a female vessel. If the NIH had approached me in 2018 and said, you're going to die, but you have to drink this and it's going to turn you into Pierre and you're going to wear a donut ring around your head when you get your balls removed. <laughs> woof, woof. I'd be Pierre living in Tampa with That's a shirt that's shaking. It'd still be my best life. But um, it's just a vessel. And we need to get to the point where people recognize that it's just a vessel. We all deserve love. We all deserve a place in the world. We all deserve a life free of hate and full of joy. And that's why I do what I do. And you do it well. Thank you so much. Jenny, we are actually going to end the live stream at this point. It's been a great show. Thank you for being on with me. If you will stick around, we can kind of catch up uh, in yeah. the back end of the studio. But um, I just want to tell everybody that's joined us this evening, everybody that's welcomed me back with open arms. It's also huge for me to let you know the support that I've received in the last weekend on TikTok and everything that I've been going through. It's much appreciated. Um, it feels really good to have that support and to be loved in this vessel, in any vessel. Thank you so much for joining us. Please return next week as my friend Michael Booth will be here. And then please join us on August 3rd when we talk about uh, the impending changes that have been happening in the Alabama lawsuit. So much love. Thank you so much. I love all of you from the bottom of my heart. Have a great rest of your week. And join us next week on Rosé All Day. Julie's a mess. Good night. For more content, follow JustJulie.com. That's JustJulie, J-U-L-E-I-G-H.com. Thank you to our guests, and thank you for joining us this evening. Join us next week as Julie tries a different rosé 